Speeding and the sound is speeding. Hi, welcome to another episode of This Week with Drew, the Monday edition for Monday, February 5th, 2024. <laughs> On today's episode, I uh, fucking went to the golf simulator. Shit. I can't swing the club. I can't swing the club. I got no motherfucking love for the club. Big Drew going golfing and it's a waste of time. It's a waste of everyone's motherfucking time. Hi, welcome to another episode of this week of Drew, the Monday edition for Monday, uh, February 5th. It's right, Fuck, that's goddamn loud. Holy fuck, let's turn that down a little bit so it's not blowing everyone's mind. All right, fuck, Chris Cannon. Uh, okay, hi, welcome to the never-ending podcast that will never end because it never fucking started in the first place. Okay, how you doing? Here we are, February fucking 5th. Are you getting ready for Valentine's Day? Oh, jeez, you got it. Valentine's Day is fucking... Especially coming from working in the restaurant industry and having my entire family like work in the restaurant industry my whole life, it's just a racket, right? Like, it's the one night of the year that, like... All the restaurants, they have to go off menu, right? First of all, they have to chop up the entire restaurant into a bunch of fucking two tops, which normally restaurants aren't just two people. You know, there's tables, there's big tables, there's small tables, but now they somehow got to, you know, reconfigure the restaurant to have a million fucking two tops. And then the menu always has to be this, like, they got to change the menu up and have some fucking heart flavored thing and have some dessert and whatever. And you got to do this, like, fixed price menu, or maybe you do some kind of shitty valentine's day like tasting menu and then the people coming out are just like i don't know it's just like a busy it's like a fucked up chaotic night and like nobody in the kitchen is happy because everything is new and i don't know it's just a shitty and like the servers you know like you're getting these like just couples these two tops and like sure i usually like the guys will you know it's valentine's day so the guys are gonna front and you might you know you might get tipped well or whatever but it's just a fucking chaos because everything has to be so special and all the customers think that like it's so important and this is my important valentine's day and it's like look at the around you (laughs) like it's everyone's important valentine's day like what do you give a like you're not special so, anyways, I'm gonna be going out for dinner for Valentine's Day. <laughs> I didn't book uh I didn't book a gig. Normally that's my way out. I'll just book a gig. And then that, that gives me carpal. I was like, oh whoopsie, like I gotta work. Sorry. <laughs> that's the one good part about being a night guy, is that it's like on events, like you can be gone on events and 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 that's you have to be. <laughs> uh so yeah. So anyways, uh, anyways, I, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do for Valentine's Day. I'll figure something out, but let's start off the show with a little bit of a... Uh, Uh, I've been practicing my legato lately. Oh, I got a really good shred track for the end of this, actually. I found some nice, like, just so easy one flat. It's like a one flat seven or some shit. It's like a one flat three, four, five. Just like the backing track, I think it goes... (laughs) 
which you could just shred, like as as I will demonstrate at the end of the episode, it's just never ending pentatonic riffs. <laughs> I'm excited for that one. So okay, so I had a good weekend. I was at the uh, Corner Comedy Club uh, on a motherfucking a Friday night. Uh, oh no, what else did I did I have a gig on Thursday? No. So Friday. I was at the corner and it was nice because it was Danny. First of all, it was Danny's birthday. Happy birthday, Danny, to my heterosexual life partner, Danny. He's now living in New York in Bushwick in Brooklyn. So I'm, I'm going to hook him up with a bunch of fucking uh, a bunch of shit like, uh, you know, some fucking, you know, I'm talking about some shit like uh, some bowls and shit. I'm going to get you're like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to get him some bowls and because he just moved in. To his new apartment, and you know, I we did this almost nine years ago coming here to Toronto, so now it's part you know, do it all over again once more in New York. And he's grinding it out and like you know, going to these shitty open mics and just starting over again. And it makes you realize it's like no amount of work that you did in Canada matters in America, it's like it doesn't matter, like you're starting over from square one. And the only advantage that you have is that you have 15 years of experience and the ability to fucking absolutely murder. Which is pretty, honestly, like, pretty good. <laughs> but, you know, it makes you think it's like if you would have done your career, if we, if we would have done our career eight and a half hour drive south in the last nine years, where would we be now? So, anyways, he's there now. So, I'm at the Corner Comedy Club, <coughs> and uh, I'm just middling, which is very rare for me. I'm usually, usually either emceeing or headlining, and it's nice. So I just went up and I'm just like, okay, like, and I felt kind of, I did this again. I always talk about this where I'm just like, I want to come in and stay in the pocket and write jokes. But then I just get on stage and I'm like, woo, I can, I can see clearly now the cum has gone. And I can just fucking just riff a, a comedy set, which is a fine enough. But it is more fun for me to just make it up on the spot and like, you know, have the pressure of like, you know, just literally improvising a stand up comedy set. But it, you don't get anything out of it. You know, which is milking a good audience, which is like, you know, that's a sure that's a skill, but like whatever. It's like, you know, it doesn't get you anywhere. So you can milk a good crowd like, well, whatever. Like I'm here to see the craft dinner. So I did it again to myself and I don't know why. I, I, so I know why, because it's more fun. <laughs> it's the difference of like, you know, doing some routine versus like freestyle, you know, like I, I like the freestyle. Like, let's fucking... Change it up a little bit. You know, I don't give a fuck. And like, to me, I don't know. I'm also kind of getting bored of stand up in terms of like, just like jokes. It's like, all right, I get it. It's like, you know how to write a fucking joke. Like, do da boop ba boop boop Like, I more prefer like the heat of the moment. Like, what the fuck? Like, this could have only ever happened now here in this time, in this space. Right now with you and us here together now. And it will never happen again for anyone else for any reason except for existing here now. And that's more fun, you know, because you hit the fucking, I don't know, whatever. But it's so whatever. I'm kind of pissed at myself, but also at the same time, I had a good set. So whatever, you know, it's kind of like you. it's like a, it's like winning in overtime, <laughs> I guess. It's like it doesn't count as a win or it's like winning if like the other team like scored a goal on themselves. And you're like, well, I, we still won. <laughs> Okay, so that was Friday, and then now Saturday, oh, I'll tell you, I'm a married guy. I'm going to the golf simulator with my father-in-law. That's what I am. I'm 34 years old. I go to the golf simulator on Saturday with my father-in-law, and because uh, Courtney had a, uh, a baby shower with some other some other lady, 
<laughs> her friend Lindsay. Her friend Lizzie is pre pregnant, and obviously ladies have baby showers, so she went with her mom, and then the guys are like, well, we don't go to that, so let's go golfing. Monty, as I've told you before, my father-in-law, extremely good golfer. This guy shoots in the mid-70s pretty much you know, consistently. And uh, yeah, sure enough, he, this guy's fucking you know, dialed in. You know, we're playing this like games. The golf sim is fun because we're there for two hours, which is a lot of time to be in the golf sim. And it's a lot of fun. It's actually, it's cool because they got the track man and shows you exactly your swings. And like, you know, for me, it was crazy because I would like bomb it sometimes like 220 with my three hybrid. And other times I'd shank it 40 yards to the right. And it's like, what? Like, you know. And I was joking. I was like, you know, I'm consistently inconsistent, which is a terrible quality to have as a golfer. <laughs> you know, that's something that you can have as a weatherman. You know, that's fine if the weatherman is consistently inconsistent. But as a golfer, uh, you want to be consistently consistent. I don't know if it's consistently inconsistent or inconsistently consistent. No, it's consistently inconsistent. That's what it is. So whatever. So then sure enough, what I do, what every, every shitty golfer does, especially my thing is, well, that's not my fault. I need a new driver. <laughs> it's like, have you ever been able to hit the ball with this driver once? It's like, no. So why would a new driver fix that? Well, maybe that's why. That's the thinking now. It has nothing to do with the fact that I've never golfed in my entire life until I turned 34. And I've only probably ever swung the driver, you know, less than 400 times. And it most likely is going to take 10,000 swings on this driver to figure out how to hit it straight and far properly every time. That's not it. That's obviously not it. What the problem is, is my equipment. And I have the wrong driver. And if I only had the correct instrument, my swing being so smooth and calculated uh, will connect you know, right between the fucking screws and I'm driving that ball. I'm piping it 270 carry 300, 300 yards total. Because <laughs> I need to buy a driver and not, and don't worry, I'm not buying a new one. Of course I wouldn't buy a new one because I'm not, a, I'm not a good golfer. I'm going to buy a used driver off Kijiji, some other guy's driver. I'm just going to buy some other guy's old driver from eight seasons ago and that, and that should do it. <laughs> that'll be good <laughs> so uh, fuck whatever i'm gonna just continue like i said i'm just gonna keep golfing I, you know i don't i don't have this loathing that all the golfers have sorry hang on i dropped my pick I don't have this self-loathing that all these golfers have that have like started, you know, it's, it's because of the lack of time. I'm sure as, as the more I golf, the more this feeling will develop as, you know, cause you're like, the more you do something, you're like, the better you should be at it. It's like, so, you know, you golf for 40 years and you hit a bad shot, like an embarrassingly bad shot. You'd be like, Oh my God, like, what the fuck am I even doing? Monty was telling me he's got a buddy who loved golf so much. He had to quit. And he was talking about it with like this almost like, envy in his voice <laughs> like like amongst the golf community like this guy he cared so much about golfing and he would get so frustrated and get so in his fucking head and that he would have such a poor time golfing that he had to quit because he loved it too much he had to quit 
And it's like almost like, and I was hearing the story with like this reverence, like this guy fucking like, yeah, like he's, he's out. He doesn't even golf anymore. Like that's how much he was in it (laughs) is that he's out again. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, and I was like, well, I don't ever want to get there. Like I don't give that much of a fuck. Cause it's like my manhood and my masculinity are not tied to it. And I think a lot of times for a lot of guys, their masculinity and their manhood are tied to, or at least aspects of their manhood or masculinity are tied to things like golf, especially in your thirties. And you know, me having never really wrestled with masculinity, (laughs) having never really flirted with the masculine. (laughs) It's like, I went the other way. It's just like, well, look at me dance then. It's like I can't I can't swing on the monkey bars, so look at me dance. <laughs> oh man, who needs therapy when you just have a podcast? You talk that you talk out loud long enough, eventually you figure out why you are the way you are. Um okay, so <laughs> speaking of, so also okay, so Sunday now rolls around and it's the fucking Grammys. And until I met Courtney, I never gave a fuck about the award shows. I didn't give a fuck. I still really don't. I find it to be like, you know, this self-congratulatory circle jerk of just industry fucking, you know, just industry shit. And these award shows are just stupid. Jerry Seinfeld has a good bit on why award shows are stupid. He's really funny. People uh, like, I don't think they get, he gets his flowers from a lot of like people in my industry just because of, you know, like, like people love his show. But the stand up, I think him as a stand up doesn't really necessarily get the love that he deserves, I think, because he is just like, he created a style of comedy that like, you know, is seems so obvious and ubiquitous now that it literally everyone, it has become, it's like saying the word baby. It's like, he was like the first guy to go on. It's like in a rock song and be like, baby. Cause now everyone said it like, doesn't matter what genre, you know, Ooh, baby, baby, we belong together or fucking Led Zeppelin. Baby, like it doesn't matter what genre of music now just the word baby is in it and i feel like that's what almost seinfeld did with that observational style it's like he he be, it became so much of a device that it's like everything was able it's like oh well here's just a new way to do stand up like you just run it through like observational here and it just became I don't know this thing. So anyways, he had this really good speech on why award shows are stupid as he was receiving an award, which was even more funny. And it's like, that's a a real, only a real comic would do that. Like, it's like, go to the thing and then shit all the fuck over it. And then have, you know, have everyone, have the guy who's giving you the thing, be happier for it. You know, it's like the jester anyways. I was watching and I saw Tracy Chapman do Luke, uh, Luke Combs, the new country guy who has a good voice. He's fucking awesome. Luke Combs is actually sick. His Rogan interview was really fucking good because he was, he was just a, like a party trick. He, it was just like he, was, he could sing in school and like junior high and high school. He was like in church, right? Because he's in the Bible belt. And then with the church, it's like, oh, all of, all of a sudden it's like, wait, actually, this, you actually do sound good. And it's like, yo, you should go to this lady. Like, she's actually a good singing teacher. Like, take lessons with her. And he just had these, like, singing lessons that he would go to every week. But it was never, like, it was always just to be, like, good at choir. And then it was, like, for him, it was, like, a party trick when he was, like, 17. It was like, yo, listen to Luke sing. Like, Luke sing fucking, you know, 
low places and everyone would be like wow like you're actually good like you should but he was all fat and ugly so anyways he does this cover of tracy chapman's fast car he got a fast car and it's like i don't even know how the fuck to play that song he got a fast car. So anyways, which is one of the most fucking heart-wrenching songs like ever written. It's like the lyrics. It's like, you know, it's about, you know, hope and, and love and, and despair and, and this trap and the circle of life and the the choices that we make and the and the you know, the how that can lead down one road and how one decision could change the entire course of your life and how you may never get what you want and how does that make you feel? And it's just this beautiful song. Luke Combs does this cover and, you know, all of a sudden the song's back in the limelight. But he had Tracy Chapman on stage now and she's been in like semi-retirement for like 20 years and it's like, yo, she still sounds so good. And like, you see her singing the songs, like you think she'd be singing, sing, uh, singing this song, sick of singing it. But the mirror, the lyrics and the meaning in the song, it just seemed to transcend like she just was singing it with like still that same. And I just started weeping like I just started weeping. And I have done that before, specifically listening to this song where I'll just be driving and it's on the radio. And yo, what time I had to back sell it. And I got my headphones on. I'm at work. And I just say, hey, you got a fast car. And like, you know, my dad, like, oh, and, you know, all the wanted dreams. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm, like, starting to weep up. And then I have to, like, get it together. You know, like, the little clock is ticking down. I'm about to be live in, like, eight seconds. And then I'm just like, play today. But as Tracy have a fast car. And I'm like, ah, like, you know, thinking about life and just, like, you know, life. How fucked life is and how good and bad it can be at the same time and how grief is so interwoven with love because you could only experience grief like due to love and that if you never love, then you'll never experience grief. So then like grief is also like part and parcel. Like you will never get love without grief. And it's like, fuck. And that like, yeah. Anyways, you got a fast car. <laughs> so I fucking weeped. Uh, I wept. And then Luke Combs did a good job. He fucking, he didn't sound like they did a more of a Tracy Chapman version because he did this like sort of 4-4, just fucking rock, straight up rock version. And, but the song builds. The whole point of it is that it's pushes and pulls and it, it plays with the dynamics. And the point of it is that, is that things get taken and put back into the song and as the time and ebbs and flows of life go on. And, you know, the version that Luke Combs puts out is just pretty much like a fully produced, like just, you know, let's hit the verse, blah, and then second verse, and then it just sounds the same. But this one, they kind of pushed it. They, they I, I could tell she probably was like, we're going to do it your way. <laughs> so, yeah, I wept. Uh, I wept. I wept. Okay. Uh, what else is going on? Let's do a custody of the week. I saw a funny custody of the week, so let's do this now. Custody of the week? Not even. Okay, today's custody of the week comes to us from India. Uh, a pigeon was released by police in India after being detained eight months earlier on suspicion of being a Chinese spy. (laughs) 
I don't know how to do that. Bigga digga dick 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 But a bee da 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 Remember passes to Bangkok bugger doo 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 Fuck, now I gotta look that up. Passage to Bangkok. Hang on a second. Let me test you a week in a second. Passage to Bangkok. Bugadita, pipa, bugadweeda, dweeta. Bugadweeda, dweeta. How do you play that little riff there? Oh, here it is. Eastern sounds. What is it? Oh, I played it wrong. Ha, all right. Okay, done. Custody of the Week uh, comes to us from India. Yeah, so the pigeon was detained by police in Mumbai after it was found in May with two rings on its leg bearing Chinese script. Oh, fuck. And one of the rings was found to contain a microchip. Oh, yeah. China, Chinese spy pigeon. Holy fuck. I told you, man. I'm down with this. When all this shit started coming up, birds aren't real and all this shit, I was like, yo, and and that's apparently some like left wing, like fucking, you know, like making fun of like people that don't believe in the mood landing. It's like, oh yeah, you don't, well, guess what? Like you don't, I'm pretty, like it's like this attempt to like one up these conspiracy theories. But I was like, no, bro. I honestly think that a lot of the birds, because look at the little drones we get, bro. Look at the drones we get. And you're telling me that they don't, they had GPS for fucking 10 years. 10, 10 fucking years before we had it and Hummers and shit and you know what I mean? So I guarantee you that there are birds out there that are not birds. So this Chinese fucking spy pigeon, they had him on the they had him in for eight months. <laughs> Can you imagine the little torture? They're like plucking his feathers. <laughs> Just some mom by like, tell us who sent you. <laughs> and the little pigeon's like, I won't fucking tell you. Uh, also oh i was gonna say this because alex like uh i'm now exonerated bro of any pigeon because gilly's getting hosted snl now and he was (laughs) so it's like that's like i was talking to cam this morning i was like that's a huge uh that's a huge plus for my community and he's what he's like what comedians i was like no white guys that do asian accents on podcasts all the time Me, my people. Uh, so this bodes well for my community of white guys who do Chinese accents on on their podcast. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. So anyways, these the Mumbai police, they obviously got nothing else better to do. It's not like there's g- g- fucking 
groving dudes of guys like gang raping people all, all around India. And that's also what I like to see is India versus China, bro. That's the two most people. So why don't they start taking each other out? Why do we got Russia versus fucking, you know, the Western Bloc? We already had those wars. That's the that's for the nineteenth the nineteen hundreds. That's for the twentieth century. The twenty first century wars need to be fought between India and China, with fucking spy pigeons, and then fucking Indian. I don't know, whatever stereotypical spy elephants. <laughs> Actually, an elephant is the worst spy. <laughs> They're not very sneaky. Uh, okay, so now it was on suspicion, but now it was actually, it turns out, okay, here, so here we go. How's the story end? The, um, it was oh, not a Chinese spy, but instead had been involved in open water racing in Taiwan. Yeah, this is the story they're feeding us now. That's not a, that's not a spy pigeon. That's just one of our fucking open water Taiwanese racing pigeons, which is also, I want to get some action on that. I want to get in on that action because there is only the only reason that sport exists is for gambling. Can you imagine those Taiwanese guys? They're all rich. Holy fuck. Oh, Terry. Okay. And then I wanted to end. Oh, no. We'll end with a fact and then we'll play guitar. Uh, okay. Uh, promotion considered. That's our custody of the week is the Mumbai police for letting that fucking spy pigeon go. You should chop that guy's head off and turn it into a fucking stoop. Promotion consideration for this week with Drew is provided by our patrons. Would you like access to bonus content? I just uh, uploaded a brand new episode of This Tune with Drew, the podcast where I break down your favorite songs using my uh, in- insane level of music theory knowledge and artisanal. <laughs> Whatever the fuck. High court. Um, I already took him. He needs to eat, though. Oh, okay. Uh, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. I put a new episode of the podcast on. Uh, this tune with Drew. It's Auf Luften. It's some freaky fucking German pop, pop punk song that Mackenzie, that Max sent. So check it out. Go to patreon.com slash Drew Sign up for as little as five bucks if you're dumb. Seven dollars if you're dumb and you also play guitar. You can hit me up for an hour-long guitar lesson every month. I'm just reminding you of that. All the people on the $7 tier are allowed to hit me up for an hour a month of my time. But you don't. But you're allowed to. But nobody ever does. That's like having a hooker on retainer and not banging her. It's like that. after a while, I'm like, what? Am I ugly? <laughs> You don't like me no more. <laughs> Go to patreon.com slash Drew Bame. Oh, Jesus. It's my only fans. My, <laughs> my only hams. Okay. Uh, oh, and then sign up and you can be like these fine folks. Josh, nah, Alicia, Iron Eagle, James, New Guy, Mark, uh, Nick, and Mac, Bubba, Marnus, motherfucking Street Demon, our number one fan, Joel. And in the Hall of Fame, call out Andre Blair and Terra and say the name. What up? What up? Hi, Mink. Hi, Papa Mink. My Papa Mink. I'm going to call you before the Super Bowl. Call you before the Super Bowl. Make you big gamble. No, I already said Gillis exonerated me. <laughs> Courtney's trying to tell me to stop doing Chinese accents. I already... T- <laughs> oh, you said Papa Mink. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Gillis getting SNL is like, we're, I'm free. I said, I said this earlier that I'm exonerated now. 
Well, you don't care. She left. Okay. Uh, go to patreon.com slash Drew Bame. Sign up for as little as five bucks if you're dumb. Also, kingtutscannabis.cc. You, you know what it is, bro. Buy dope. I got, they're talking to me on the Signals app. We got some fucking, who knows? Maybe we'll get some heroin. Who knows? Not from them. Not from the website, but I'm on the Signals app now, I mean. Like, so that's, that's, I'm in there. I can use it. I can buy all sorts of, I, but I was always under the assumption that WhatsApp was also encrypted. Like, is not WhatsApp also encrypted? Anyways, anyways. Anyways, go to king.scannabis.cc. Use the promo code Drew for 10% off your order at checkout. That is what you will receive. Uh, if you sign up, if you refer someone else, you get 50 bucks. Also, every time you buy some shit, they give you little King Tut's points that you got to use for more dope. I did, and I got more dope. And I was very happy when my more dope came. And so will you be when you order more dope from kingtutscannabis.cc. And when you use the promo code Drew, D-R-E-W, you will pay less money for your more dope. Get more dope. More dope. Okay. Uh, in other news, our sister podcast, uh, The Sunday Parlay, will return with me. Uh, the next episode will be featuring me again, <clears throat> one of the original hosts. Uh, now I just, uh, now it's Alex's podcast, but that's great. I love that. I actually, I actually prefer that. I didn't really like doing that podcast once I got a job. So <laughs> it was too much. It was too much extra shit on my plate. And uh, I I don't even know football like Alex knows football. So he's better to host it anyways. I, I like being the sidekick on that one. I kind of like that. I like being a sidekick. Um, yeah. Okay. So the sister podcast, the Sunday Parlay. Check that out wherever you listen to this fucking podcast. And stick around. Because now we are going to play guitar on the super easy guitar track. okay got a bunch of gigs this week uh but i'm back in barry on saturday that's gonna be a good one. Oh fuck i put it too far away well i guess we all just have to sit here now and wait patiently for the thing to start I'm not the one who's so far away when I feel this. Okay, here we go. <laughs> right? Here we go.
right. Night, night. I'm not the bonus so far away when I feel the bonus enter my bayes. Never did I want a bonus again, and I don't remember why I bonus.